It's not just profit, it's purpose, and it's not just margin, it's also mission, right? right. I never I never thought that I would start a business like that. And, uh, you know, God just kind of pulled, pulled me into it, actually. Hey, you're listening to The Mike Thacker Show, where we talk about people, profit, and purpose. For today's episode, we've got a very special guest with us. Matt from Pray.com is going to be joining us. I've got Linda in the studio as well. And so welcome to the show, guys. Hey, Mike. Thank you. It's an honor and blessing to be a part of the show. Really excited. Awesome. And so before we get dug into uh, to the conversation and, and topic here, I always want to take a moment and just thank you all for listening. If you haven't already, uh, just take a quick second. You know, Don't forget to say nice things about us in the reviews. Hit those five stars if you're enjoying it. If you're not, obviously feel free to communicate with me directly and tell me all the things I'm doing wrong. And I promise I'll just delete it and we'll just keep moving forward together. But don't forget to share as well. Uh, we obviously want the message to grab to as many people that would find it useful as possible. And so again, super excited to talk to Matt from Pray.com. And so Matt, I'm going to hand the floor straight over to you. Why don't you tell us about life before Pray.com and give us just a quick little backstory as to how you got to where you are today? Yeah, that, oh, that's a great question. So it's an interesting story. Um, right out of college, I started a company with an amazing entrepreneur by the name of Will Graywall, and we started a company called Homestack. And the premise of the company was we thought real estate companies and real estate agents would want a way to compete with Zillow, Trulia, and Redfin at the time. So we built a white label app solution where every real estate company in America could have their own home search favoriting and filtering tool that they could give to their clients. So we built over 6,000 apps in the app store. And Apple doesn't always like when you do that. They've tried to you know, stop people from doing this. Go figure. We love Apple though. Right. Um, Apple has really made our business thrive um, and Google. So uh, we built you know, 6,000 apps for some of the best real estate companies in America. And uh, we got the idea because my dad started a real estate company when he was uh, just out of college. And we saw what Trulia, Zillow, and Redfin were doing and decided that real estate companies and real estate agents should have their own app solution. Uh, so I built that company over 10 years with Will. And Will's now the CEO and just absolutely crushing it. And I called my pastor's daughter and I asked her, how I could help and how I could give back to my church. And her name's Kayla Rutherford. She's amazing. And we grew up as best friends. My dad was one of the elders of my church. And my church started as a little 20-person church in a high school gym in the valley of Southern California, the San Fernando Valley. And now it's turned into a 15,000-person mega church. And we wow. have four buildings. And so I called Kayla and I just said, Kayla, you know, how can I help? And how can I give back? And my church at the time was opening a new campus in Santa Monica. And Kayla asked me, you know, Matt, do you want to help me open the new campus? And that terrified me because uh, I know nothing about opening church campuses, just starting businesses. And that was my only you know, experience that I had was starting businesses. So I said, Kayla, you know what, let me pray about it and, and let me see what I think and what God tells me in the coming weeks. And the literal next day, I ran into my co-founder in Pray.com, Steve Gatina. 
in a coffee shop in our hometown. And Steve began to tell me his story. And when he told me his story, at the end, I said, you know what, Steve, whatever you need, I'll help you. I'll even do it for free. And so Steve's story is he started a company right after college. He went to USC, played football under Pete Carroll. He was a big lineman. And at the end of his career, he was doing a company as a homework assignment for class. And he started a production company. And he built that production company and ended up selling it and becoming the CEO of a much larger aerial surveillance company with about 100 employees. And they did fixed-wing aircraft and helicopters for every movie. And then they also worked for the CIA, the FBI, Homeland Security, and municipalities like LAPD or NYPD. And on a movie shoot, Steve's business partner ended up passing away, crashed the airplane in the middle of the jungle in Medellin, Colombia, filming a movie with Tom Cruise. Uh, And it was just a routine thing. They were taking the plane back and um, ended up crashing. And when Steve was dealing with the death of his business partner, someone sent him a podcast from a pastor in Texas, and it ended up changing Steve's life. And so when Steve was telling me this story at the coffee shop, there was nothing else I could say besides, Steve, this is Providence, and whatever you need, I'll help you. And uh, after that, um, I didn't know, but Steve had already linked up with two other amazing entrepreneurs and my co-founders in Pray.com, Mike Lynn and Ryan Beck. And Mike grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and ended up going to USC and hooking up with Steve. And he uh, was one of the top 100 private bankers in America from Merrill Lynch. Absolutely incredible financial brain on Mike. And uh, Ryan Beck and Steve actually went to middle school together. And Ryan ended up getting in some trouble. He uh, was dealing drugs and kind of got involved in some gangs, ended up getting arrested and going to jail. And after jail, uh, he ended up linking up with a pastor who gave him a job at his church. And the church gave him a scholarship to become a pastor. And he went to Bible college. After Bible college, Ryan, he's, he's kind of an introvert. He realized that being a pastor wasn't really for him. <laughs> okay. So he ended up going to Calvin College, getting his computer science degree and a minor in philosophy and working for a couple companies. Uh, but Mission India was one of the companies that he worked for. And they collect funds here in the U.S. and deploy them for uh, different Christian programs in India. And Steve was coming back from vacation and ended up stopping on uh, the side of the road at a local uh, Mexican food restaurant, and Ryan ended up being in line. And Ryan had not talked to Steve in a long time, and the last time Steve saw Ryan was when he was, you know, a little bit of a misfit. And Steve told Ryan what he was working on, Pray.com, and Ryan had a very similar response to me as, you know, whatever you need, Steve, we'll help you out. And um, so Ryan is our CTO, Mike is the CFO of Pray.com, and uh, I am head of strategic partnerships. And we started the company in 2016, and it's just been an incredible journey, Providence all along. And really, the only reason that we're here four years later is uh, because God has had his hand on this company the entire time. Wow. 
Okay, so we've got an incredible collection of four individuals then, and obviously someone's been out there pulling some strings. So I guess, tell us about Prey.com. What's the goal in a nutshell? What's your one sentence elevator pitch when somebody sees you and says, hey, what do you do for a living? Yeah, so our vision for the company is to create a world where everyone can leave a legacy of helping others. And uh, the way we do that is, you know, several different ways. And Mike, you talked about this kind of before we started the podcast, um, but it's, you know, how can you give back in business, right? And so the way we started Pray.com is we started with communities where you could post a prayer or prayer request, the app completely free at the time. You could post a prayer to your church, nonprofit, women's Bible study group, or, you know, a small group that you put together on the app. And people could pray for your prayer request, and then you could mark it as answered. And everyone would know uh, that they prayed for your prayer request when a prayer was answered. So that's how really we started the company uh, in the very beginning. And I ended up flying around the world, really, and going to different churches and also the Vatican and meeting with some of the cardinals and bishops there and launching the app at different churches all over the United States and then Italy. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. I met some incredible people doing amazing things, just helping people all over the world. And then the next thing that we built is giving. So nonprofits and churches could have free giving in the app. And that's really the way that we give back is because most, most companies, uh, you know, charge a fee to churches or nonprofits right. to do giving. But in pray.com, if you give $10 to your church, the church actually gets $10. Uh, so there's absolutely no fees and it's 0% on your credit card or debit card that you're using with pray.com going to the church. And so that's one of the ways that we decided to give back and the churches have just been loving the giving and, and members feel more comfortable knowing that, you know, hundred percent of their donation goes to their church. You know, I run a business too, and card companies charge a processing fee. So, so how did you guys tackle that problem? Because I get it. Um, we've been in that situation on both sides of it. You know, you want to make a donation, you want to make sure it all goes to them and vice versa. If I'm receiving it, I want to receive all of it. So how did you tackle that problem and find a solution? So the way we tackled the problem is we just used volume power to drive down the rate as far as possible. And then pray.com actually pays the fees. And so that's the way that we give back is we pay the remaining fee for the church or nonprofit. Okay. Well, you learned something new. I had no idea. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. And so when you're starting a business, right, and you have investors, incredible investors, you know, you have to generate revenue. So... Uh, we built out the prayers and prayer requests. We built out the giving section of the app. And then we just finished about a year and a half ago content in the app. And so we have a premium content that we created and it's faith entertainment. We don't sell the Bible. We scripted the Bible as an incredible vivid show. And we did it in three different ways. So we have uh, our biblical sagas, which is a dramatized version of the Bible our bedtime Bible stories, which help you fall asleep instead of, you know, listening to the news or, um, you know, watching Netflix or something, you can actually listen to a Bible story told in a way that helps you fall asleep. Uh, and then we built an incredible kids version uh, because parents are always looking for ways to integrate faith and education with their kids. Um, we have some amazing voice actors and actresses who've worked at Disney and, and different major media companies that we brought in 
along with, you know, a 61 piece orchestra that has done music in the app. And we built these incredible kids stories from Genesis to Revelations. It's really, really cool. We, we get amazing reviews. Um, we've got like 47,000 reviews. We respond to every single review, wow. in the apps, which I don't know another company out there that responds to every review, but uh, we, we set it on our hearts that, you know what, good or bad, we're going to respond and we want to, uh, you know, make people feel comfortable using our product. So I think, Linda, I don't know about you, but I think for me, as I'm listening to this story and I'm thinking this through, basically what I'm hearing is the journey of pretty much most startups out there. You know, you, you did something before, you learned, you grew, you developed some skill, you've, you've evolved and gone into something new. Obviously, it's tech related again. You know, you've got some co-founders. It sounds like you've raised a little bit of investment, which a lot of startup folks do. So at this point, even though your product is is faith-based as a business or as a business model, I'm seeing a lot of synergy here and a lot of translatable lessons, you know, learned for pretty much any startup out there. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, you probably faced a few challenges as well. And so, you know, if I can ask, what do you think the biggest challenge was or the most unforeseeable challenge was that you weren't prepared for as you've gone through this journey getting Prey.com going? Yeah, so I think... Coming from my background, I started a bootstrap startup in Homestack. We had no cash. I put everything on my credit card and, uh, and so did Will. And it was really tough. Cap- being capital constrained, it's really tough. And you work a lot of hours. And uh, you see the, the news stories of the overnight successes, the venture-backed overnight successes. And you know, moving into a new venture-backed business, you, you have this, you know, star-like reverence for venture-backed businesses that, you know, it's easy, everything comes easy, you don't have to worry about capital constraints. And it's not easy. It's 100-hour weeks, right. uh, weekends, it's losing sleep, it's, you know, it's grinding away. And I know that term, it just, it gets overused all the time, but we, we like to say there's no silver bullets, you know, it's just grinding away and finding solutions and they may not be scalable solutions at the time, but you go through the steps and you eventually reach a point uh, where you are able to automate and create scalable solutions, uh, but you have to go through the manual work still in a venture-backed business and a startup uh, that is bootstrapped. So that for me was was one of those eye-opening moments not that we're not willing to put in the work i think our team works really really hard i mean everyone puts in 110 percent, if not 120 percent at pray.com but in the beginning stages in the first few months of not knowing what the future is going to hold that was really uh, the challenge for me personally so obviously you talked a little bit about the team and we have heard that there's four of you, you know, the founders. How, I don't know if I dare ask this, but how do you deal with conflict? Yeah. That's, Not have any. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a great question. So absolutely you can ask that. And that's a great question. Um, really, we call conflict friction and friction is actually really healthy because what happens is, is when you have people that have a respect for each other, 
a respect for, you know, what they do individually within the business. Um, and everyone is coming at something from a different perspective. So when you realize that right away, or maybe not right away, but in the conversation that everyone is tackling a problem from a different perspective and they, they have different priorities and you have to, you know, respect those priorities, respect those perspectives. And you can get a lot of healthy friction that ends up netting out the best ideas in the end. Uh, because if someone is always getting their way, then you're never really taking into consideration the brain power of the other people in the room. And so we do have, you know, friction and, and lots of friction, healthy friction, uh, because we're coming at problems that we need to solve from different perspectives with different priorities. And by getting everyone in the same room at the same table, you're going to end up with the best idea at the end on how to overcome that challenge. So is there one of you that has a final say? If you really can't get to it, as that just never happened, if you just can't get to a final decision on something? No, I don't think it's ever happened where we weren't able to come to a final conclusion, whether it's, you know, well, it's two final conclusions and we're going to test both of them at the same time and A-B test and see what ends up netting out better in the end. And then splitting that final decision into a few tests. Really, at Prey.com, we have mastered experimentation, uh, you know, using the scientific method. We've got some incredible data scientists, incredible product people, the best designer I've ever met uh, at Prey.com. And we are capable of pulling off many experiments all simultaneously. And so really at the end, if we can't come to one final decision and it's two, we will then take it to our experiments and launch those experiments and make sure that we track everything with data to find out you know, once it hits statistical significance, what the best solution is, and then we won't stop. We will continue to A-B test on what the best solution was, actually. Well, it's almost just the new norm right now. I think um, we've just got so much data at our fingertips that we never used to have because of, of what technology and the internet has enabled us to do. Obviously, you can't data drive everything. I remember it. Uh, an interview with Jeff Bezos, I think recently, and he, he said some of the best decisions ever made have been the ones that came from the gut, even even with all the data, uh, which yeah. I thought was you know particularly revealing. But um, you know, part think- of that is developing a gut, right? Um, right. And how do you develop the gut? And at Pray.com, what we do is everyone at the company talks to customers on the phone or in person. So really, our head of product is talking to customers. Our designer is talking to customers users, right? Right. Um, and so they develop a gut over time by talking to the customers and finding out, you know, what is the customer feeling at this time when they see this screen? What do they feel? What do they, what do they want? What do they need? And really the only way to develop the gut to make those gut decisions is talking to the customer and being obsessed with the customer. Okay, so then let's move on to the app itself. Obviously, I've used it. Um, I think I've been in there for a little while. But one of the things that surprised me, I think, was the quality of the app. So, you know, definitely in the in the faith-based circles of, of Christian apps, there's there's a wide variety of the folks who've got the means and the and the resources to put something together that's that's high level, and then a lot of folks who put something together that don't have the same tools at their fingertips. So it's it's a little bit of a lower quality, you know, end product. Right. But I think the second thing was just the the volume or the breadth 
of information and content that was in there. So you said you launched 2016. So we're only four years into this. But if you've never used the app, you know, you can go ahead and, and you can sign up for a free trial. So you don't have to sign up on day one and you can check it out. Um, but it definitely, it definitely blew me away. I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but I don't think I was expecting quite that much. So how has that been for you guys to, to build out? Is it industry contacts? Is it just, you know, panning the pavement to try and go out there and, and find this stuff yourself? Has it come easily for you? What, what's that journey kind of been like? Because I think, again, for most businesses, there's the customer side and there's, and there's the, you know, sourcing the product, if you like. And, and I guess for you guys, this is, this is how you source your product. It's the content you're putting in there to make available to the end user or the customer. Yeah. So the, the things to highlight on is quality and content, right? Our head of design, uh, Ryland Cook, has one of the highest standards of quality of any person I've ever met. And it's not just the content, but it's the way that you deliver the content, right? And we're seeing that with several apps right now um, in the app stores, some that are doing well and some that are not doing so well. But that standard of quality being set by our head of design, Ryland, and making sure that it is always held in every email, in every text, in everything that's being put together. Uh, Ryland has held a super high standard of quality that really has you know, leveled up the entire team from accepting anything less than what his standard of quality has been. So when you open the app and you feel that the app is just right, or you feel that the quality is high, it's because every individual pixel has been standard checked by Ryland and by our head of design, Scotty, who's absolutely incredible as well, to make sure that we are delivering the content in the best way possible for users so that they have the best experience. And then as far as content goes, our director of content, Max Bard, has put together all of our content with some industry contacts that he has. So Max used to actually put together all the tutorial videos that you would go online and look at for Adobe or in a bunch of different Adobe products. And so he was actually the one teaching people how to use the products and how to use Adobe. And so Max's industry contacts uh, go really deep because he's actually trained a lot of people who are now up and comers in the Hollywood space. And uh, Max's ability to direct a team of people anywhere from writers to voiceover actors and actresses to sound designers uh, to the people that are composing the music uh, to DJs and, and, and all sorts of different members of his team rapidly. Uh, I have never seen content created with this high quality, this fast, and I, I honestly didn't know that Max even had these capabilities. But from what we've seen, he has just developed so much content at such a high quality so fast. Uh, it's, it's absolutely been incredible. And it's been with his network, industry contacts, but also people who just believe in the, in the mission and the vision of the company. And you know, it's really nothing short of remarkable the people that want to come together to help people and not just with paid content. So pray.com has paid content and we also just released free content as well. And the majority of our content is actually free. 
so, you know, we spend quite a bit of money creating all of our own content, as you highlighted earlier. Uh, but we also have a lot of free content for people who may want to try content first or may not be able to afford it at this time. And later on, they want to try paid content. And so, you know, Max and our team's empathy toward people to be able to give them free content as well has just been amazing that, you know, the majority of the content in the app is actually free. So, Linda, I think, you know, for me, this is an interesting stream because I know in our business, you know, we've done some things to help some folks who maybe have needed somewhere to work, uh, but but it's the same deal. You know, they might not be in a position where they can budget for that or, or um, you know, be able to justify that revenue going here instead of there. And, and you know, we, we do like the Ignite contest, obviously, where we're giving away office space to nonprofits and things. You know, with you being in a digital space, it's a little bit easier, I think, for you to be able to do that for folks than, than maybe folks in the traditional world or in, in the real world where to do that maybe carries a slightly bigger cost because there's, there's a physical cost attached to it. But I think, Linda, as I'm just listening to, to Matt talking there, and I'm thinking about maybe listeners who, who are thinking, okay, well, how does this translate to, to my business? Or how can I help mm-hmm. you know, some of my customers that maybe need to use my products or service, but they can't uh, or don't have the means to do that? What do you say to that? I mean, our biggest thing is workspace changing lives. And you know that wasn't just about the lives that we wanted to change of the orphanages in India. Um, it wasn't just the kids in Cambodia, but like it was everybody. We wanted to change the, the people that work for us, their lives. We want to change, you know, the people that come in and work from our space. So I don't have an answer for you, Michael, because you know me, I would I would only give it all away. And that's why we're a good team because we, we make a good balance. But I definitely would love to hear the businessman's <laughs> um, opinion on that. So Matt, how do you think that translates? You know, it's a difficult question to answer, and it's a it's a it's a case by case basis. So, Linda, I don't blame you. It's it's really tough. You know, I I've lived in both scenarios now, where uh, you know you're a bootstrap startup and you're capital constrained, um, and you you know you need customers and you need that revenue coming in. Um, at the end of the day, what we've done is um, you know everyone sacrifices to be a part of a startup or to be a part of a bootstrap startup, uh, not, not just a, you know, a venture back startup. And if you're in a small business, you're sacrificing every day. So, you know, if you have a customer and you know that that customer can't afford the product that, that you have, and it's a high quality product and you know, it's a high quality product and the customer needs it and you believe in it, then, you know, why not give, give the customer the product for free for a certain amount of time, or or let them let them build up to where they can afford to pay for the product, because you know that 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 person is going to be a great referral for you, right? So you always, if you're looking at a lead funnel, it's can, you know, can you get people in the door? Can you get them to pay, and then can you get them to refer? So even if you're deferring payment for you know a period of time because the customer can't afford what what you have to offer, but you know that that is a value to them, maybe offering it for free for a period of time or at a discount. Um, you know, really just work with the customers, be customer obsessed. You know, maybe your prices are too high. 
maybe you're just pricing out the market, right? But if you're looking at a customer base and whether it's a service or a product, um, you can always uh, afford to give some products away for free for a period of time uh, to bring more customers in the door later. So you talk about pricing and, and, and setting that price and maybe, maybe some of these prices is too high. So I guess let's talk about monetization for a second then. Something you guys have had to figure out and I'm assuming it's still yeah. probably you know, trying to figure out what does that look like? So you, you know, you're paying and absorbing fees for, for donations. It's obviously costing you. You've got to run the operation. You've got staff. I mean, you're a real business with real expenses. Um, how did you approach the monetization piece? And, and where do you think that's evolving and, and going to? Uh, that's a great question. So, you know, earlier we talked about experimentation. And, you know, pricing is a process. Uh, it's really a development. And you have to really find out um, by testing what price range you fall in for your vertical or your industry. And so at Pray.com, we're always testing price points. We're always testing different prices of you know what we think people would pay for a high quality product um, that that love it, right? Uh, so we settled on forty nine ninety nine. So right now the the price of the app is forty nine ninety nine a year. So it's like a Starbucks or a, a latte a month, really, for, as you talked about earlier, Mike, a huge amount of content. So, you know, thousands of hours of content that you couldn't get through in a year uh, at $49.99. And so we are also testing other price points and, and other strategies. Uh, but really, the first point of monetization for Prey.com is selling high-quality best-in-class content, and it's all faith entertainment, Bible-based content, which is which is really great. And then the free aspect of it is we actually give the Bible away for free. We, we never charge for the Bible. We have our daily devotional content that we add audio to uh, that are Bible verses that every person in the app gets every single day, and we, we do that completely free. So I may have missed something here, but I don't think I have. I don't believe I've ever seen an ad when I've been in the app. Yeah, we don't we don't have ads in Pray.com. No, we might do house ads where if you're using the free product, we encourage you to try out the, the premium product. But we don't we don't actually monetize on ads through the app, which is why it is a subscription based service. We just didn't think it would it was right for people to hear ads while they're you know listening to their favorite Bible story. Uh, the the feeling and really being customer obsessed when you talk to the customers. How would you feel if you heard an ad for the new car that came out while you're listening, you know, to your favorite Bible story, to Genesis or any any other Bible story for that matter? You know, uh, Jesus performing miracles and then, hey, buy the new car. <laughs> it, it, it's just... It doesn't work, which is why, you know, which is why we chose the model there. You, you reach this point and you go, are you going to go ads based model? Right. Or are you going to go subscription based model? And we felt that subscription based model, you know, it was a gut, gut instinct that subscription based model would be better for people. And really that's from calling a lot of pastors, talking to a ton of people who go to church, who you know, how would you feel about this? What would you think? And and then collecting data on that as well, on those different business types. So uh, that's how we approached it. And, uh, 
We're, we're not pricing people out of the market. We believe, you know, a, a latte a month, um, it, it shouldn't be a big deal. Now we do, uh, once a year, we offer some discounts and we have uh, gift cards where people can gift you a uh, subscription to the app. But really, the way you know that um, it is working is how many people share your content, share your app. Um, they, they make a conscious decision that I like what I'm hearing and I want to give it to a friend and they're going to like it too. And so uh, we've seen an incredible amount of shares of content um, in Prey.com. And so we knew that uh, we were really connecting with people uh, when we saw those shares go up and to the right. So speaking of sharing and like giving gifts and, and that kind of thing, um, and actually I'm a little bit backtracking to our point about sacrifice as well. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask by then. I don't know what families you guys have got, whether y'all are married, single, whether you've got parents, grandparents or anything like that. But for Mike and I, we think we did an episode on it, or at least we've touched on it a couple of times about the sacrifices it takes on a personal level. So we kind of talked about the sacrifices you can make as a business, but can you you talk about what kind of sacrifices you've made on a personal level? How has being an entrepreneur, you know, business starter, you know, obviously that creates busyness in life. You bring the work home. Can you talk a little bit about how that's affected you and, and any advice for our listeners that are kind of in that same boat of trying to balance, you know, business and, and home life? Yeah, yeah. So the you know, I don't know if everyone will like this answer, um, but this is my answer. And it is, there is no balance. It is, it is, you have to love what you are doing because if you love what you're doing, you will always put the maximum amount of effort into it. And that's what it takes to, to create a successful business. It's, it's, there's no silver bullets, right? Uh, it's, it's hard work. Um, it's long hours and, you know, personally I've sacrificed a lot, I've sacrificed a lot of time. I've sacrificed relationships, friendships, um, to, to do this business. But the, the mission of leaving a legacy for, uh, of helping others and the way that we can create an incredible impact on the world and, and just, just the, with the donations, I mean, Churches are doing incredible things for their local communities. So, you know, a donation gets sent to a church. The church is able to buy food at a discount uh, from, from the grocery store. And then they use volunteers to cook the food. And then they give it to people that are going hungry. And so, you know, if, if you were to apply purchase power parity to that, it's like every dollar you give to a church actually creates $10 in value. That's, that's an amazing ROI, right? And so I've never felt, even though it has been a sacrifice and it would be a sacrifice to other people who didn't love what they were doing, I have always felt like God has pointed me in this direction and this is what I was supposed to do. And just from several things that have happened within the company and just running into Steve after talking to my pastor's daughter that one day and running into Steve the next day, I knew that, you know, if I could merge my passion with my skill, my passion for, for God and, and my faith with my skill, 
that I'll never work a day in my life because I love what I'm doing and I'll always put forth the maximum amount of effort to it. So there is no balance for me. It's all in. So the advice is only do what you love. I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only do something you love because if you're doing it just for the money, um, you will quit. It will become a point where it's not worth it, That's the right? Money only gets you so far, but it, it will just not be worth it to you unless you absolutely love it. Okay, but I'm not going to quit and go be a chef because even though I, I, I love cooking certain foods, I don't think anybody would buy it. So I'm just, I'm just not at that level. I love you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Matt, look, one of the things we like to do when we kind of round out each episode is, is talk about the bottom line or kind of three key takeaways that other folks could apply in their situation or their lives. And so I'm going to hand this over to you and, and just ask this question, you know, what are three things that you would say to someone, um, either, you know, the best lessons you've learned or the, the biggest pieces of advice you want to give? T take it away. Okay. So three pieces of advice. One, never go it alone. Find the most incredible people that you want to spend the majority of your time with um, and that you're okay with having friction with and getting through difficult times and, and rising to big challenges. Uh, so never go it alone. Find incredible people. And, and in life too, right? Not just work. Two, always do something that you love because then you'll never work a day in your life and you'll always put the maximum amount of effort to it. Three, always do something that is profit and purpose, margin and mission. Because at the end of the line, when you look back, you'll realize it wasn't just for the money. It wasn't just something to do or a job. It was something that changed the world. It was something that impacted people. And whether that's you know, just the people around you, just your local community, just volunteering at your church or, or volunteering at a local nonprofit. Um, you want to look back and leave a legacy of helping others. And really, that's what I believe in. So, Matt, what does the future look like for Pray.com? That's a great question. Um, we are really, really excited about a new feature we launched about a month ago, and it's called Pray Radio. Uh, so you uh, go into the app and you just press one button and uh, you will be listening to the Pray Radio experience with different, you know, different pastors, different music, and different Bible stories all put into Pray Radio, and you can listen streaming live and free uh, right inside Pray.com. And we're really excited about it. Uh, we just actually uh, tested and launched Pray Radio uh, with the Dream Center. So the Dream Center in Phoenix had a, a big push uh, for Colorado City. It was taken over by a, a cult leader named Warren Jeffs. And the entire town was really um, held prisoner by this cult leader. And so the Dream Center came in and they they took over the town and they bought his house, Warren Jeffs' house. He had uh, like 87 wives in one house. And they took over the house in different churches and different Bible studies uh, donated their time, and they redid every single room in the house. 
and they have incredible experts that are helping people helping people in the town recover from some of the uh, human trafficking that took place and what they call familial trafficking, uh, where Warren Jeffs was forcing people uh, to be married that didn't want to be married, forcing people you know, to do things underage that they obviously did not want to participate in or even be a part of. And really the town has been suffering. And so we tested launching Prey Radio with the Dream Center uh, for an amazing event that they had and, and helping them raise money for this cause, uh, helping this town. And, and you would never know that this happened in America in 2010 to now in uh, the border of Utah and Arizona. People in the town didn't have TV. They didn't have internet. They had never used a cell phone. It's 2020. I mean, I don't know a kid that I've seen on the street who didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> and you grow, right. up, you grow up here and it's like the 1800s. So uh, it's just incredible the work they're doing. And, and we partnered with them to launch Prey Radio. And then we also did some content with them uh, and we released it. It's free. It's in the app. It's called stories of survival. And you get to hear some of the people, not only from this town, but people who have been sex trafficked or had major drug addictions and hear how they survived. And it's just, it's, it's explicit content. Um, it's, it's adult in nature uh, you're going to hear some really uh, horrific things that were done to people. But you, at the end, you get to hear how God brought them back, how their faith really helped them survive and come back from all the tragedies that have taken place to them uh, and the things that they survived in their life. It's, it's really a remarkable series that we're really excited about. And so we're going to be doing more content like that in partnership with people. So if anyone's interested in partnering with us uh, in a series, we would be uh, excited to uh, see what that looks like. And um, people have really enjoyed listening to stories of survival and uh, the Dream Center event that we put on Prey Radio. One more thing. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Prey.com for giving people that opportunity to be able to share to ask for help, ask for prayer, um, to be able to listen to their Bible for free. That's an amazing thing for the world that you've put out there. So thank you um, to you and the rest of the team and all the people that have, you know, that are behind the scenes working hard. And um, uh, God sees it all. He sees us as individuals. That's hard to think about sometimes, but he sees you. He sees the other guys. And uh, I'm sure that he's... Uh, grateful to <laughs> so thank you and uh it's had an effect on me today just that you're you know you leave a legacy of helping others i wrote it down okay and so if folks want to find out more obviously pray.com clearly is on you know the domain but um they can find you in the app stores download the app take out a trial for free listen to a bunch of free content um, all the usual social media ch channels, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can go to the domain, you can go to pray.com. Uh, you can try a free trial or, or use all of our free content. Um, you can download pray.com in the app stores. I know that sounds strange, but you just type in pray.com in Apple or Google and you can download the apps. Uh, and then we're at pray on Twitter, Instagram, 
and Facebook. Just type in at Prey and you can find us there. Okay, so final thought for, for, for me, Matt, when it's, when it's all over and, and you've, you've kicked up your heels and you're gone, if you could have one thing that people remember about who you are, um, what would it be? So if people were to remember me for one thing, I would, I would definitely say it would be uh, loving God first and loving people second and always helping people who are less fortunate or who need a, who need a step up and don't always look at the world as, you know, something where you could get something from somebody else by helping them, but by genuinely and authentically giving someone something or giving someone help or step up who you expect nothing in return for. And that's what I would say I would want people to remember me for. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you've been listening to the Mike Thacker Show, where we talk about people, profit, and purpose. Today's guest was Matt, one of the co-founders at Prey.com. And you can obviously learn more at MikeThacker.com forward slash show. You can find us on um, Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn at Real Mike Thacker. If you've got questions for Matt, you can direct them to him or you can shoot him our way and we'll, um, you know, we'll get in touch again. But until next time, let's go out there and, and be amazing.